I welcome you all with love. And we are going to have a little dance and a little play to get the spiritual joy going. And then we're going to talk about spiritual nutrition, which in another way is how to eat in a way to become a superconductor of the divine. So that's a fun thing when you get to be a superconductor of the divine. So first we're going to uh, dance a little bit, meditate for a little bit, and then we'll go right into that this discussion, which should be a lot of fun. So I'm going to uh, also for meditation, you can use, if you don't have a mantra, you can use this one, which is the name that Moses got at the burning bush and Jesus got when he came to the mountain. He gave to his disciples. Yoda and then breath, hey, and the out breath. Why? And then breath, hey, and the out breath. Yoda from the base up to the uh, uh, heart, right here, and then hey, out from the heart. Wa from the base to the third eye, and then hey, out to the heart again. So you can just do that, repeating it until your mind is quiet. The other thing that helps is that there's energy that comes through my eyes that can help awaken this energy, which in the East is called Kundalini, and in the Western traditions is called the Ruach HaKadosh, or the Holy Spirit. So we will, and I'm inviting you all to dance to get the spiritual joy going. It just makes it, everything flow better. So that's what we're going to do.
So we come out of meditation. Okay. And now we're going to talk a little bit about how to be how to eat in a way to become a superconductor of the divine and actually how to live in a way. Now, why do you even want to be a superconductor of the divine? Well, first of all, it's a lot of fun. Got to get that part. It's a lot of fun. And it's good to feel the energy coming through. It's good to feel like you're on cosmic fire. Okay? That's what we're talking about. Now, there's different kinds of food. There's physical food. And there's spiritual food, and we're, and we're going to talk about a few, and we'll call it the six foundations. But the physical food, which is the one we're going to focus most on, okay, is one in which um, we 
is a hundred percent plant based. Okay, no meat, fish, chicken, or dairy or eggs. It's about eighty percent live, which means we eat it within. Well, it's food once it's picked. In 24 hours, it's, it's lost 95% of its energy. And really, after three days, we can call it raw food. It's, it, but it's lost a great deal of the energy. So you want to eat your food as soon as you can after it's picked. Well, think about that for a second. Because if it gets in a grocery store, um, what's going on is that you're Probably it's more than three days old. So we have grow your own, but we also have, you know, uh, markets, uh, open markets that are often freshly farm picked. So there's ways to do that. Okay. So that's the kind of optimal way to go about the whole, the whole story. Okay. Now that being said, what kind of diet does that look like? Well, the, the, the first question I'm going to ask is people say, well, what if, I, if I'm not eating meat, fish, chicken, and dairy? I mean, where am I getting my protein? Well, let's just answer that off the bat. So meat, fish, and chicken are uh, 16, 17, 18% protein. And of that protein, at best, like with eggs, it's 44% absorbable. You want a really concentrated protein, you go to chlorella, spirulina, and blue-green algae. What is that? It's 70% protein and about 95%, 90 to 95% assimilated. Eggs are only 44% assimilated. So you get the super high quality protein and you're also uh, it's highly concentrated but it's also lower in the food chain so it has less pesticides and herbicides. If you look at animal fat 95 to 96% of the pesticides and herbicides are stored in animal fat. And when you're looking at spirulina chlorella and you're looking at plant-based food, you're eating very low on the food chain and you have very little, relatively speaking, pesticides and herbicides, okay? And I want to make a point that organic food has less pesticides and herbicides, but it's not totally free of pesticides and herbicides, okay? Now, the other thing is when you're eating, if you eat beef, fish, chicken, or dairy, you're eating the pain, misery, and suffering of the animal. And you're taking that into your consciousness. You're taking the animal ego into your consciousness, and that lowers your consciousness. Now, all the animals have souls, but we're also talking about consciousness, a slightly different dynamic. Uh, and Everybody has souls, everybody has consciousness, but the humans have a more developed, we hope, okay, a more developed consciousness. Not a guarantee these days, but that's the idea, a more developed consciousness. 
Um, and we can, you know, we have history and we, we call history and so forth. Now, when you're eating a live food, when you cook food, you lose 50, 50% of the protein is coagulated and you lose 60 to 70% of the vitamins and minerals and about 95% of the phytonutrients, so, which means you're really killing off a lot of the food. Um, so that's important. There's also another thing called energy. And, and I'm talking about a different kind of energy, okay, that, that, that the, the plants all have a, a field of energy around them. And when you eat it right away, you pick it and eat it, you're getting a high amount of energy. This is one term is called biophoton energy. It's research out of Germany. And they could actually measure the amount of biophotons that are given off from the food. Junk food has almost zero. Uh, cooked uh, vegan food is, fruits and vegetables is around 30%. Uh, uh, 30,000, and organic live food is 83,000, which is high. And if you're doing organic live food with Chinese herbs, you're up to 116,000. Okay, so we see that that energy comes into us. So we're not just having calories. We're actually having energy. That's what we're eating, and that's the uh, a key thing. So um, now that's energy we're taking. Yes, there are calories. I don't want to say that doesn't exist, but we're really taking in the energy of the food, the energy of the plant, and um, the energy of the earth, and that, and the air, and the sun. All that's going into it. Okay, so that's good. Now, what I wanted to, to speak about a little bit is to understand being a superconductor. So here is a model from a yogic tradition of the what we call the kundalini. Okay, you can see it there. And you can see the flow of the kundalini. And you can see a central channel where my finger is, right there. And that is called the Shishunda, and that's where the flow of the energy goes, right up the center. So we clog that central channel, okay, that yellow column here, with meat, fish, and chicken, and dairy. And when we have the live food, it becomes the most activated, the, the best carrier of the life force energy, which we call the Kundalini or the Raha Kadesh. So we want that channel, and there's actually 72,000 channels, but there's three channels, as you saw there. The, the <laughs> Having fun with this. You have the central channel, and then you have the Ida and Pingali. And those are the secondary uh, channels for bringing the energy up. And when we eat in a way 
that keeps his channels clean, we optimize the flow of kundalini in our system. And what I'm saying is the uh, live food uh, in the plant-based diet has the most energy. That's what I'm saying. And causes the least constriction of the flow. Let me just fix something here. Okay. So those are the kind of basic principles. Now, people vary according to their physiological constitution um, as to how or what are the proportions of the carbohydrate, protein, and fat. We're talking about animal, uh, we're talking about plant fat. Now I'm going to make a little note here. A lot, I do a lot of work with diabetes, and it's very clear at this point, meaning the research is very clear, that animal fat, animal protein, and carbohydrates all act to kill, destroy the beta cells of the pancreas. Now, who, what are they? That's what makes insulin. So if you're killing off your beta cells, that puts you towards diabetes. That's not a really good thing, right, obviously. And what we know is people who eat meat have a 30 to 50% increase in type 2 diabetes. And it's somewhat of an epidemic. And with age, like when people hit their 60s, uh, you're looking at almost 25%. Some data says 28% uh, of the people in their early 60s actually have some form of diabetes, prediabetes or diabetes. And that increases with age, and that is not a good thing because that deteriorates your brain and your heart and your adrenals uh, and uh, just every aspect of, of, of your of your being. So I'm getting back now. So making the point that we want to eat lower on the food chain and we want it to be live, fresh, okay? Uh, and I use the term raw for any food that's after three days that we eat. Now, we have to have the right ratio. Some people, 70% of the population, needs more protein in their diet. And that's about 70 grams. Other people need about, can go as low as 35 grams of protein in their diet per day. So we need to, to sort out, and other people need more fat and protein, and other people need more complex carbohydrate. So we are... That's a genetic determined thing. Okay, and that's important to understand. So if you're trying to be a fruitarian and you're a person whose genetics says fat and protein, not necessarily much carbohydrate, it's going to be unsuccessful to try to be a fruitarian. If you want to be a fruitarian and you happen to be a person who primarily needs high carbohydrate and low fat and protein, then there's a good chance of success. And that's an important thing because we 
are not a bunch of cows. Okay, so that's an important thing. And the more we eat according to our constitution, the better it is for us uh, because we're more aligned with what really works the best for us. So that's some of the, the kind of overall principles. One thing I've discovered is uh, in the 51 years I've been working with uh, clients uh, in the live foods, um, if people follow, eat according to their constitution, there's pretty much a 100% success in doing, you know, uh, 100% vegan and really 95%, <clears throat> even 100% live food. Um, generally for people, particularly starting out, I recommend going from 100% vegan and maybe 80% live food and then slowly work your way up. So, that's what we're doing. That's kind of the picture. Um, now, uh, so I've given you some of the principles. One of the other principles is don't eat too much because you can overeat live food as well. That doesn't serve us to do that. Another principle is that we want to eat in the best time for digestion, which is what we call in Ayurvedic the pitta time of the day, which is 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And eat very little, if at all, in the evening besides liquids. That's another principle that makes this whole thing work. So those are two kind of really important things in the bigger picture. Now, along with this, the, the diet that I'm talking about, uh, we also want to get an, what we call build prana or life force with Reiki, Tai Chi, yoga, Qigong, things like that. Service and charity where we connect to the heart to people is really, really a good thing, a very, very important thing in the bigger picture of it. Working with a teacher, a spiritual teacher, uh, is very helpful because they've probably fallen in most of the potholes along the way. And meditation. Now, meditation has many unique aspects as a food. It's a great way to take in energy. We know that people who have meditated for five years actually have a physiology that's seven years younger than those who are not meditating. And that's pretty significant. Uh, little, little physiology. And uh, some people will say even 15 years younger, depending on the study. So that's actually obviously pretty important. Okay. Now, uh, what we want to do here is kind of think a little bit further into it. So we've, we've covered your constitutional type, and, and um, in my website, uh, drcousins.com, there's a way of sorting out what your constitution is, a higher protein fat diet versus a higher carbohydrate, uh, and then a little bit more sophisticated panels for uh, the Ayurvedic types. So that's also 
available, easy, and free. This is drcousins.com. Now, we're looking at meditation. And I said it makes you younger physiology, but we're also, uh, I want to point out that the brain shrinks about 1% a year after you're 25 to 30 years old. And with all the pollution and everything that's going on today, there may be more shrinkage, but that's the data as we have. It turns out that there's two things that expand and grow the brain. One is meditating, and the other is physical exercise. And when you're meditating, you're increasing uh, the growth of the neurons in the brain, and you're creating what we call a more neurotropic factor. And you're also in increasing the overall function of the brain with meditating. Uh, and so that's one level. And they have measured after five years, people who are meditating regularly actually increase their brain size by uh, 1%. So that's pretty exciting. That's pretty positive. So we have a way of beginning to increase brain size over time, um, which is countering the brain shrinkage over time. So that's very cool. It also increases the general brain hormones and neuron growth factor uh, that, that help the brain function better and to grow. So that's another important piece. Now, what's interesting, a little side fact, is that women who are meditating regularly have 40, uh, well, that's with fasting, have 40% less breast cancer. I throw in fasting because fasting is another way of amplifying yourself as a superconductor of the divine. Because it's the you know the, the, the lightest diet having the, the biggest impact. That's a good thing too. So we I uh, I work in fasting for people uh, about seven days twice a year. We do have a fasting retreat, spiritual fasting retreat coming up April seventh, which will be over the internet, and you can check in on it at drcousins.com. Now that being said. Uh, back to meditation, so we see it balances the brain chemistry, increases the brain size, and that's a physiologic, but it also brings more calm and more consciousness into your life and accelerates the uh, movement of the, uh, of the Kundalini, the Rakadesh, so that we can be, become better and better superconductors of the divine, which is what this talk is about, right? So, now we have a pattern going. And the more you incorporate these patterns, okay, eating that the food and eating the, you know, and breathing exercises, the pranayam, tai chi, qi gong, service and charity, working with a support group in some way or a spiritual teacher and meditating, praying, 
um, and uh, the whole lifestyle that supports the movement of the Kundalini, the better it works. And that's basically pretty straightforward. Now, the whole idea is to develop then a lifestyle with all these components that helps you more and more be able to become, to transform into a superconductor of the divine. Now, the other aspect I'm going to mention is it, it is the psychological issues. If uh, now meditation helps your mind become clear, but it's also good to clear the negative and even all thought forms from the mind. Now, I've given you a whole set. I'm going to give you another set of ideas here. And that is, uh, it's a course I teach actually, but it's, the idea is um, zero point is a technique for clearing all the thoughts, negative and positive, from the mind. Now, the mind is a field of consciousness, but for some people it's a minefield. And for some people it's a field of consciousness. So it requires work, it requires effort uh, to be able to clear this in the different ways that we do. So I'm kind of adding that uh, piece in, into the story. Now, along with that, that helps, and this is more in the Western path, is a relationship. It's not that it's necessary, but the evidence suggests that uh, people in relationship generally tend to be happier, well, actually are happier. And uh, also, there's some kind of chemistry that happens that, that strengthens your overall immune system uh, in, in the process. And that's very important. Another point is uh, our relationship to the community and being in the right relationship, which is you know, in this day and age very important and very subtle because you know of the political world that we live in, that community, that consciousness is not exactly evolutionary as much as a some kind of spiritually focused group that's local and your personal friends over time. Okay, and then we have the Native American approach called Omatakiyawasan. What does that mean? It means to all my relations. And the living earth and the Native American world is a relation. So it's how do we get into right relationship with the living earth? Okay, and then we have the plant world, all my relationships, the plant world. And we have the uh, animal world, and we're talking the full spectrum of animals from insects on up to the, you know, the, the mammals, and finally the humans. 
And omataki acid means being in right relationship with that whole range of life form. So that's really, really important there as well as part of this whole process. And then we have a relationship with all cultures. And that, again, is the rock people, the plant people, uh, the animal walking, talking ones, and humans. And then the spiritual ecology. And this is just a thought to, to kind of deepen that. We're not here to protect the ecology. We are part of the ecology. We are part of the living planet. So the spiritual ecology is that we're in a, we're part of it, but we're also in relationship with the living planet as what I would call spiritual ecology. Seeing our deep oneness. And finally, peace with God. When you put all those together, you're creating an overall connection. And that connection helps you become more and more the superconductor of the divine. So these are all the components. It starts with the food, but doesn't end with the food. But the food is a key component because the lighter you eat, now I'm going to make a little caveat, is that the ability uh, to eat less and less food progresses over time. So you may need three meals a day, and then over time it may be two meals a day, and then even one meal a day. And how do you know you're doing it right? Because you're not losing strength, flexibility, or weight. weight once you've reached your optimal weight, remain steady. Then you know you're eating right. So those are a, a, an important kind of measurement when we're doing all this. We need a measurement. Like, how is this? I don't know. I'm right. Well, you're losing too much weight. You get underweight or <clears throat> you're getting overweight. It's like, well, that means you're not in balance. Unless you're going towards your optimal weight. So these are all factors in this overall process of becoming a superconductor of the divine. And it's a consciousness because we're walking with the consciousness of our oneness with all that is is. So may everybody be blessed to, to really understand that and to experience exquisite joy of this because it really is joyful and fun and ultimately from my point of view the purpose of life which is to become one with the divine so you can reach me right here it says drcousins.com that's pretty straightforward or treeoflife.mn.co and I have a variety of workshops we have a spiritual fasting retreat coming up we have a zero coming up that's all in April um, we have conscious eating uh, coming up. Uh, we don't have a date for that yet. And we have plans for, you know, continuing beyond Internet fasting. This is Internet fasting. Figure out ways where we can do this in places around the world where we can be in person with it. 
Um, so there are all these things, plus we are talking about community. So we do have, a, in the essence, a tree of life community, which you can draw in and call it Shakti space. That's another name for the spiritual energy. And you just go to treeoflife.mn.co and uh, and you can see how to join the Shakti space and there's all kinds of things you can get with that at a very, very low price. So I want to, again, bless everybody. I want to thank Doug. I want to send my blessings to Richard that he continue to heal enough you know that his healing process gets to really accelerate in a really good way for him. Um, so, because he brings so much good energy and light to the world, and if he, even if he did, it'd still be good. So, thank you, Doug, for your good work, and I will tell you, peace be with you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.